I am Bono Ansley, an active real estate agent and founder of Ansley Real Estate, Christie's International, an award-winning Atlanta-based real estate brokerage that did over $3 billion in sales last year. And I'm Chris Tuff, one of the first advertisers to work directly with Mark Zuckerberg in 2006. I've since gone on to be the best-selling author of The Millennial Whisper and Save Your Asks. And, and this, this is Brokering Billions. Billions. This podcast is about uncovering the hustle, perseverance, mindset, and tricks that are used by the top real estate agents in the country to help you take your business to the next level. In today's episode of Brokering Billions, I have the pleasure to speak with Holly Parker with my partner, Chris Tuck. I got to know Holly because my wife was reading a book called back on the market. She said, but no, do you know Holly Parker out in New York? If you don't, you're an idiot because she is a complete rock star. So I called Holly, got to know her, and now she's on our episode. Some of you may have seen those clips on Instagram and TikTok of those unbelievable $100 million penthouses. Well, guess what? A lot of the time, it's Holly who's behind those deals. So get ready, because here comes Holly. Oh my God, I'm so excited today. I'm Bono Ansley. <laughs> and I'm Chris Tuff. We're brokering billions at our podcast here at our headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia at Ansley Real Estate, Christie's International. Guys, you're not going to believe the superstar talent that we've got for you today. Oh my God. I don't know if y'all can see our guest right now, but it's not a, it, she's a supermodel. And she also has sold over $10 billion of real estate in her career. Last year, they did $386 million. She's with Douglas Elliman on the Holly Parker team. And guys, this is actually, this is the real Holly Parker. Holly, welcome to Brokering Billions. We cannot wait to dive into your life. You're a best-selling author. You're a rock star. You've got a set of twins, like Chris is a twin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we want to hear everything about you. So uh, with that, I mean, God, I mean, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you, guys. Well, let's dive into it, right? So, Holly, you know, you, you, you're, you're a, a fixture on social media. Your, your properties are absolutely amazing. You're all over New York. How did you get your start in real estate? Because it always probably wasn't like it is today, right? You started somewhere. We've got listeners that are just starting their real estate career. We've got listeners that sell 20 million, 40 million, 100 million, right? And they're all here to listen to how you got to where you are, what they can learn from that mindset, how you built your team. But 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 let's just take it back to you know, yeah. school, like, you know, tell us where you started in school. Tell us where you grew up. Tell us how you got in this career of real estate. Oh gosh. Wow. Okay. So I am from New England. I'm from Rhode Island, the biggest little state in the union. And uh, I went to school out West at Washington state. I went to the university of Puget sound, 
went big adventure and um, I knew I'd end up back in New England. So I wanted to explore. And that was amazing. Very, very cool experience. And I came back and I worked in Boston where, where my father had worked for uh, his whole career. And one of my first jobs, you know, when you're just paying the rent, right? We were temping. I lived with two of my roommates and we were just trying to get money to pay the rent and, and buy beer. And so we were temping and then one of those temping jobs turned into full time. And my job was to relocate executives to, uh, to Boston from London. It was, uh, Waterstone booksellers. Mm -hmm. And so in doing that, one of the things that I had been doing throughout that temping job and someone gave me this advice, it was such good advice for people of all ages, but certainly those in their twenties is to interview everyone that the family knows. Hey, can we grab a drink? Can we drive a, grab a coffee? What do you like about your job? What don't you like about your job? What's the ceiling? Love right. It. And how much vacation do you get? And I really, I, I took that to heart and I was doing that. So I started doing that to these other brokers when I was relocating executives. And what I found was, wow, I really like their lifestyle. They can just grind when they want to grind and kind of, you know, take time and, and, and travel when they need to catch their breath. And I really liked that aspect of things. So I, I kind of right out of the gate, I was 22. I was super lucky in that I learned so early. And I think I did learn because of that inquisitive process. Um, I knew I, I wanted a very big life, um, a, a life of adventure. Right. And mm. <laughs> I mean, the real estate certainly gives you that, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Especially in New York. Right. So when you started at 22, did, were you an assistant to somebody or did you start with your own clients? That's an interesting question. So like right out of the gate, I, um, I worked at a rental place on Hancock street, um, in beacon, like right at the base of beacon Hill. And I just thought, well, let me see if I can, I can, you know, pay the bills with this. And I did started in rentals and I was broker of the month, like the second month I was there. Mm. And then I thought, okay, well, let me see if I can do this for real. And, um, called a, a family friend and said, would you be my mentor? Can I come over to Caldwell banker? I just, you know, I have something to show you. I know you don't hire kids, but I, it's my second month and I did eight rentals and and I was broker of the month. So he That's said, awesome. That's impressive. Come on over. And he became my mentor. Right. And um, then when I proved that I could do it there, I, I waitressed at night to pay the bills um, while I transitioned into sales. It was right across uh, the street from my office, which was nice. Then I proved that I could do it there. I did, you know, probably seven sales. And I said, move over New York. I'm coming to, I'm coming to take over the big city and move down here. So it was, it was baby steps, but it, it happened quick. And, and, you know, those first years in doing sales, it, it was, you know, I did have to waitress at night and I did have to hustle doing other things. Um, but again, you're meeting people, right. When you're, when you're doing those other things. So people were very kind and, 
and wanted to help me and started referring me and, you know, and, and look at you now. That's yeah, fantastic. So you've got 15 people on your team. How was that arranged? Are they all producers? Do they all work in a supporting role for you in some capacity? No, it's all different depending on people's situations. What I learned was, and I really wanted to capitalize on um, the people who were coming back to work, coming back there were moms and had careers prior, some in real estate, some not in real estate. And they said, I really want to get back to the office, um, but I, I, I don't want to have the pressure of, you know, having this quarterly uh sales pressure. What can we do here? And I thought this is an opportunity to really help people and train people. So, um, those people, I have referral directors. So what they get is they're out there and they bring their network to us, right? Hey, I have this broker that, uh, or I have this friend that, that wants to buy an apartment. What we can do is we step in and they're with us for the deal. Right. So the, one of the things that I look back on on my career and go, mm, uh, when you're learning, some of those first few deals are your guinea pigs, right? You're, right. you're learning through them and, and then you don't want them to be your guinea pigs because they're being so loyal in using you. So how can the, how can you make that work? How can those wonderful people that want to support you get that same support back and getting the absolute best service that they can? And so this is working really well because these, these people, these women are so excited to be back in the office, having a routine, but you know, they can be there for they, their family when they need to run out. And when they have a deal, they're learning but that person is getting unbelievable service. You're overseeing that with your team from contract to close and making sure there's no pitfalls throughout the transaction. And you're making your friend or referral partner also look good. Right, exactly. It, it's, you know, we've kind of had that going on now, I would say about 12 months. Cool. And I was just saying this morning, I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of us for taking the chance. Love it. Because what you don't want to do is all you have is your time, right? And and we all get solicited, you know, probably you guys every single week saying, I just got my license in real estate. Can I have one-on-one -on -one tutoring every day? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's one reason why we're doing this podcast, right? So we can help and educate the newly licensed people from all over the country to understand what it takes to, you know, broker billions or broker 10 million or 20 million or whatever you need to do. And the wisdom that you can provide these agents that are just starting out is absolutely phenomenal. Or the agent that's been stuck at selling 15 or $20 million for the last three years. How do you break the gap and go from, you know, a good agent to a great agent, right? And then keep going up from there. Was there a time Holly, that you remember where you were just kind of coasting along and, 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 and doing the same amount year over year. And you kind of said, God, I need to really change something in my team structure or in my business to really start taking it to the next level. And then from that, it just kept feeding itself. Right. That's such a good question. Coasting. I wouldn't use that word coasting because in New York city, someone no. will run you over to coast, but yes, I was working and selling the same price range. 
And I really had to get under my own hood because I started seeing that I, as we all are, um, I was at that moment being my own worst enemy. And I realized that there was this connection to value. I wasn't valuing myself enough. Mm. There was some sort of punishment in there that in my mind that was saying, you don't deserve that. You don't, you know, it, it was some complicated stuff. And until I started really, truly valuing myself and saying, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. You do deserve this. You are awesome. I had to be, you know, as I say in my book, I had to be my own best friend and I had to marry myself and I had to get, you know, I'm so good at championing everyone else. I am the number one cheerleader for my clients, but I needed to be the number one cheerleader for me. I needed to be my own best advocate. So, so let's, let's talk more about your book, Holly. And, and for listeners out there, right, Back in the Market, Realtor's Guide to Love and Life, out of, I'm going to make you pick your favorite part of the book, right, in terms of the application for those listening, which is your favorite thing to bring up in interviews like this that you feel like people can start, walk, that they can walk away and apply to either their life or their job in real estate? Well, I think it was that connection. You know, I had, um, for those that didn't read the book, I had a, I went through a divorce that I was, was, you know, really sad about. And I lost a 20 year best friend, which I also was devastated about, you know, I, I chose both of these people for my soulmates forever. And that, that wasn't in the cards. So when I relate that journey to, to real estate, but it was that aha moment where it's kind of just what I said, I stopped feeling and searching for that other person to complete me. And I started being my own best friend and my own advocate. And I, I'm, I'm one hell of an advocate. So if you have me behind you, your life is going to change for the better. I mean, it's like, and that it's a hurricane's kind of a, a negative term, but it's a hurricane in a good way that right. I, I can it. lift yeah. you up and people, I see it. I see it in, in the people that I back. I, I, hurricane, Holly. It's hurricane, Holly. hurricane Holly. I do. I, it's a game changer, but I hadn't done it for myself. And in the book, I bring you on this journey and all of a sudden it clicks that that's the person that was missing was me. I need, I was the person I'd always been waiting for. That's I just said that on Mother's Day. It really is. That's profound. Holly, what I loved about your book was it was really clear to me when you started talking about the clients and everybody's looking for something, right? It's the ego buyer or whatever. Can you kind of speak to that part of the book? Um, it was It was incredible how you related to every buyer you had and then being able to find that buyer, the correct, you know, property for that buyer. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing for me. That's what I absolutely 
love about this job because it is being a, a life coach, a psychologist, and then being in the place where they're not sitting with me and leaving my office and, and it's not up to them to fix their life. I'm actually in a position where I can see what's missing and go fix it for them, right? And be very hands-on about it. So some people have um, come to me when they've lost their spouse um, you know, through sickness and, and that's so devastating. And some people have, have been divorced and they're moving back into the city. Um, so they're, they're looking for more than a home. They're looking for this, this new life. Mm -hmm. And so it's more about these four walls and a ceiling it's well, where in the city is, is this person, like, what are their passions and what can I who can I connect them to and what is nearby where this is really going to become the, the stepping stones to get them this new life that they're, they're telling me that they want. Right. And I can help get there. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to write the book is because, you know, that next step of finding that thing, is it a person? Is it a career? Is it a place? Um, just, taking my reader through that. And when we can really connect to ourselves, all of that becomes a lot more clear. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, one thing that, I mean, coincidental or not, I, I've been following someone who I've known for years, Mike Bizarro, who's on your team on social media, Holly. And, um, yeah. And, you know, I don't stop. My thumb doesn't, you know, my thumb's always scrolling through stuff in between things. Right. But like, sure enough, almost every time I see one of your all's listings, I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, this is the most <laughs> insane bathroom. I'll be like, honey, come look at this. They have a, they have a bathroom that literally like there's like it means stuff I've never seen before. Like your, yeah. your ability to show these epic properties on social media and Instagram and create something that is truly not only thumb stopping, but shareable. Talk a little bit about the role of kind of that marketing for you. I, I would guess that's been super uh, impactful to your business. And, and I'll add on to that. Like I, I follow with your weekly reports or whatever they are that come out and say, hey, in the city, this is how many sold. This was the average price. This mm. was this, this was that. And it's very telling, right? And I think that you have followers that just want to see what's going on in New York. And that's great for you guys because when they want to go by, they know who to go to. So when did you start that presence in social media? It's excellent. It's an A plus relative to, you know, other agents in, in, around the country. So love to hear about that. Well, it's just hearing your feedback, like right now, what you guys think is so cool. You know, I, my friends and connections would, would call and be like, I want to take us in. You might think that this is regular. It's not regular. This is amazing. I want to see more of those bathrooms or I take me into those penthouses because right. I have, I, I am at the point in my life. I just turned 50 and I've been doing real estate longer then I haven't been doing real estate in my right. life. Wow. And so to me, it is regular, uh, not regular. I mean, it's still really spectacular, but you know what I'm saying? It, it's sure. it, with all of these years, I'm saying, yeah, this is a beautiful apartment. And the person behind me is saying, beautiful. This is like, this is the insanity. most crazy apartment. 
yeah. ever seen. This is insane. And then I'm like, well, if you think that, then let's go see this. Yeah. So, so going back to that, right? You've been in real estate a while. So have I. Like, do you ever need anything more? Like, I, I kind of needed something more. And that's why I started my business seven or eight years ago to kind of have a, a platform where I wanted to go under, right? You wrote your book, right? Maybe you were in a point in your career where you said, geez, I want to kind of do something more. I want to help more people. You know, have, did you ever, did you get to that a point where you said, geez, I'm doing so good in real estate, but but it's kind of on autopilot. And in my entrepreneurial capacity that obviously you have, have you ever just wanted more? And that's why you keep doing other things? For sure. Right. I mean, we, we, anybody who's kind of in the searching and, um, kind of pushing themselves, right. We always want to be uncomfortable. So when I'm in a comfortable spot, I think, okay, what can I do to, to push myself here? So, um, a lot of that was the book and then the book is now, um, being turned into a series, which is exciting. There's many, many hurdles to go yet, but it's in the process of being, um, shopped and, and that's super exciting. And then I am really involved in doing a documentary on anxiety and children, which we started also with my co-author, Laura Morton, who's written over 40, um, books and 21 bestsellers. So I like to call, I like to introduce her as America's best storyteller. And so who better to tell the story of anxiety and children and what's going on. So that's really cool. So, you know, just new things to keep us engaged, Mm. that focus, that excitement is it's, it's necessary, right? Well, it almost then makes it, you better at your job, right? Like, I mean, so yeah. I talk about this concept of like, we all have a currency, right? Your currency is real estate. And then off of that currency, you've got to have these passions on the side that you're cultivating. Yeah. Even keeps if it's you going. Just, it keeps you going, but it also makes you more interesting, right, Holly? Like, like right. I mean, th- when you're able to talk to someone or a prospective client about your expertise in dealing with their child's anxiety, you're, that is a that that's more than just a surface level connection, right? And you're practicing sure. this stuff, like and 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 so I think that is that's so profound. I I want to New York. I would guess is probably the most competitive city in the world. Absolutely ruthless. And here you are at the top of the game in what has been in any market the most most ruthless of professions, right? What is your one piece of advice? So my one piece of advice is kind of what we just touched on, right? And in my book, I call it turning your lights on. And we've all gone to that listing, right? Where we've walked in and the broker did not turn the lights on. Sometimes they're sitting in the lobby, like they had time, but they didn't go upstairs and turn the lights on. And that's always such a head scratcher to me um, because it's a totally different showing. It's a totally different showing than walking in, having music. We call it lights, camera, action, right? In in real estate, we call it lights, candles, music, action. Right. And, you know, we have the party going like you're like you would be, you know, hosting and, and welcoming someone into your home. That's how the home should be entered period Hit all their senses when they walk in, you know, even a candle with smell, the sensory with the music, like making you feel good about walking into this home. Right. Of people course. don't do it. People do not do it. 
I mean, very, very rarely still they don't do it. And with all the shows and everything, they don't do it. So that is the most important thing to, to have someone. If, if they're early, I say, Hey guys, you're so great. I'm so glad that you're early. Let me just do a, a once around check to make sure we're ready for you. Give me two minutes and then, uh, you know, just come right up. But I don't let them, I don't, we don't walk into the house ever together. That's not, that's not something I'll do. So putting your lights on, but what about us? What about us personally putting our lights on mm-hmm. is what we just said. If we're not, if, if, if we're not engaged, if we're not focused and can you be engaged in real estate 24 seven for your entire life? Probably not. So find something else that is engaging because you'll bring that energy with you. And that's what I did with the book and with the show and with the documentary that keeps that those challenges happening in my life. So when I am in the space, I can have that excitement. My lights are on Mm -hmm. so people can be interested enough, hopefully to hear what I have to say about the apartment. So are you, do you, I'm obsessed with smells, Holly, and I spend way too, much, <laughs> too much money on little Labo uh, candles okay. and everything else. And I mean, I will actually say like it influenced my purchase, right? Uh, and it was a combination of a few very, very expensive candles that convinced me to buy that house. But do you have a candle of choice or a oh, scent? like, God. do you actually, do you do that thing? Or is it like- I didn't do that thing. Actually, in when you're gonna have to get a book box now because when I sent out my book boxes uh, to friends and clients and press, it came in this big blue box and it had a big candle in it um, that obviously smelled amazing because that was it. part of that was part of the book. It needs to as people put on perfume so to sad. go on a date because it's part of the attraction process. It's the same thing in real estate. We all form our opinion inside of seven seconds. So why aren't we using the house and that entrance point the same way we go on a date? Mm. It needs to be the same. And those who aren't brushing their hair and putting on perfume for their dates, that needs to be a part of it too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. The interaction process. Totally. Holly, I'll tell you, what is your highest sale um, that you've ever done? That was over the pandemic for 52 million at 111 West 57th Street. That's wow. incredible. What's your we did most- the highest, highest sale uptown and we did the highest sale downtown in 2020. One was over Zoom and one was in person, but we were the number one, uh, the number one team in, in the hardest year in history to sell in New York city. And that's, that's the the thing I'm most proud of when people were losing their minds. Um, we were there, we were there and we, we were trying not to lose ours. (laughs) Seriously, Holly, from a standpoint of your most interesting sale, right? It It might not be your most expensive, but your most interesting sale. We've all got crazy stories on, um, selling houses and selling condos. Do you have one that comes to the top of your mind that just will just, it's just so unique. So unique. Well, usually that's just when you really feel like you were the clutch person. Like if they did not have you, there's no way this would have happened. And there was a sale I did 
when my, when my boys were about, I, they were probably 12, 12 weeks old and someone called and said, I want, she said, I, I had a brain aneurysm. I could, I could really die at any time. I could have another one and be dead. And I want my daughter to live near me because every day is a gift for me, but she needs two apartments next to each other in this building where I already live. Neither are for sale. Can you help me? (laughs) Tell me you made it happen. Did you make it happen? You guys, when I tell you it was crazy. It was crazy. The roadblocks that were coming at us where we would get something, but but maybe, and then only if you move my art, but you couldn't move the art because I I mean, there were so many things being thrown, thrown at us. It was a real battlefield. Were you just like knocking on doors? Like how did that unfold? Were you just unbelievable? Luckily I'd sold the building. I had sold the building in 2009 and 2010 and 11. So I, um, had some familiarity of the clients and, and, but they didn't want to, you know, I had to talk them into selling and she didn't want to overpay. (laughs) So it wasn't a blank check either. Go find me the ears. I don't care what it costs. Right. Right. She didn't want to pay. She wanted to, she wanted her value. She wanted two people who don't want to sell to sell and they needed to be next to each other, but we pulled it off. Oh, for our newer agents, what's one thing that you feel they need to do or embrace to become, you know, better agents, work with clients, try to get higher price points. I would say uh, that they need a routine. They need to write down what they are committed to doing on a daily basis. And uh, my suggestion would be that at least 90 minutes of their day should be for themselves, um, preferably the first 90 and setting them up for having a successful day to get up, work out, meditate, have breakfast, write your goals down for the day. I love that. And That's so good. Just doing those things repeatedly. And I get it. I have kids. My guys wake up at quarter of seven. Um, but for that year, 2020, I woke up every single day at 5 a.m. because I had my aging parents with me. My mom has Alzheimer's and my kids and all my clients. (laughs) So there was a lot of needy people. And if I didn't wake up and take care of myself first, I was never going to get to me. It just, I was not going to ever get to me. So that became my oxygen and it, it, you know, it paid off because we were able to do, you know, these tremendous sales and, and we were number one that year. You know, one thing that's amazing about what you've been able to do, Holly, is, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of agents are aspiring to build a personal brand, right? And, and I want to use a story quickly. I, w- I was recently in Turks uh, with my family hanging out of the pool and we were just, you know, hanging out with this family from Nantucket and he said he was in real estate and, um, you know, as we were talking, he goes, uh, I told him about what these interviews we were doing and, and his immediate response was, you've got to interview Holly Parker in New York. Oh, and nice. I was like, 
actually, she's the one person that Benoit said we have to interview, right? Like you were the first, you were number one on the list, right? And that's because you built a brand. Yeah. I mean, period. People, you know, you've got great social media presence. You brand yourself well, really, really well. And that carries a lot of weight. It does. So talk about like, where do people start for those listening? Be like, okay, they're just trying to keep up. They're, they're, they're following a lot of the other agents in their market. Where do you start in building that personal brand for yourself in your, in your local market? Well, I think you really got to be authentic to who you are. And I, you know, I say that in, in the book, you gotta, you gotta fly your freak flag, find out what is unique to you, what makes you, you, and, you know, whether, whether it's a, a mess or not, you know, make your mess, your message, uh, figure out what makes you unique. Mm. And mine is, I've always been kind of an open book, so to speak. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with sharing, um, my weaknesses and, um, I'm okay about talking about, struggles. When Facebook came out so many years ago, the thing that made me so crazy was I didn't like all these images of perfect moments. They, they're not real. And I, I just thought, this is not good for people. If you're going to show these perfect moments, I want to see the moment that is not perfect. Just be real. Why are we trying to be these things that we're not? So that's me, right? I'm the the truth bearer of like, it's not all good. (laughs) That's great to be relatable, right? Right. Because nobody wants to work with somebody that's absolutely perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. They might, you know, have a persona that everything's great and all, and I'm the best, but you know, we all make mistakes and everything else. I make the most, right? And I, you know, built a business on making mistakes here. So um, that's great to hear. I've become friends with, uh, I don't know, do you know Lydia Finette? Uh, she, she's the head auctioneer there at Christie's and she wrote The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. Um, I inter- I got to know her in interviewing people for my book, but she, she brought up such an important point that I think you're illustrating here, which is that when you're sitting at that table, Right. She said to me, you know, I'm, I'm sharing the stage in these tables with people like Bruce Springsteen and Matt Damon. And, and the reality is, is that at that table, only 5% of those people will ever be memorable. Right. And, and I use that as kind of the segue, the importance of building a brand, but also the importance of what you're talking about around using vulnerability to create that connection. Yeah. Right? Be real. Go in there. Have those questions. Talk about more than just that surface level yeah. stuff. And uh, what I love about this podcast is you've gone there today with us. And, and that's inspiring to, I think, a lot of listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Holly, thank you so much. You've been an inspiration to all of our listeners. Um, you are a true rock star. And uh, we, we, we thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. Yeah. And, and so for those people that want to reach out to you, what is the best way that they can follow along in your journey or, or, or ask you any questions? Is Instagram or could you want to plug yeah, that? Yeah, Instagram's great. There's also hollyparker.com. But um, my Instagram is hollyparker underscore NYC. Yeah, reach out. I love it. This has been fantastic. It's Bono and Chris, and we're signing off from Brokering Billions.